Outlaw Distillery's coffee rum is back in stock. Outlaw makes some of the best rums in the game. Don't believe us? Head on over to Outlaw Distillery located at 552nd West, 8360 South Midvale, Utah for a tour and tasting. Their staff is well trained and leads with full passion. With homegrown grain to glass, Outlaw Distillery carries some of our favorite weekday sippers like vanilla bean rum, spiced rum, honey bourbon, and that delicious bourbon whiskey. Trust us when we say it should be outlawed. It's so good. <laughs> Until the next spirits, my friends. Shout out to our sponsor, Solstice Malt. Solstice Malt is Utah's only craft malt house producing premium malt from local barley, oat, rye, and wheat. From farm to bag, Solstice Malt has a loving hand at each step of the way. Floor malted, flaked, raw, roasted, smoked, and everything in between, Solstice Malt does it all with pristine technique. Supplied and trusted by breweries, distillers, and all brew supply stores in Utah, we highly recommend using grain from Solstice Malt. For any inquiries or any questions, reach out to Solstice Malt on all platforms or shoot them an email at solstice at gmail.com. Remember, without malt, there is no beer. Until the next month, my friends. Listening to the Tastemasters, where we sit down and learn from artists within the world of craft beer, liquor, and various fermentation techniques. All right, family, we are here in the heart of Desert Edge Brewery. I'm gonna tell you a secret, Matt. I've never been to Desert Edge. You really? I swear to God. I, I was gonna actually, I was gonna text you that and be like, oh yeah, well you know where it is, right? But yeah. I was like, of course you know. Where I knew it where, is. I know. I know exactly where it is, but I've never actually been inside. Really? Never once, dude. Yeah. This is I, the first. I get that question all the time. Is uh, how do I get in here? Ah. Like I'll, I'll be like, hey, come, yeah, come have a beer after work. How do I get in? Is like, there like a secret? Let's just talk real quick. Is there a secret like? parking lot that i can go to um, just you and i there, well yeah, i mean there's a couple <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's a garage and then i park across the street and take the little sky bridge across oh so that's a smart way to do it yeah, okay so now you got the secret because i always have a parking spot so i was just uh you know one of those guys and Plus, just parked my truck doesn't fit in the garage anyway <laughs> so it's too tall i did see the garage i almost did there but i luckily i got one right in front of the uh the water tower Oh, yeah. Easy. Oh, yeah, over by the Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. See, that's the other thing. People always park way on that side and oh, not realizing. Mm-hmm. That and then I had to carry my shit here. all the way over here. Yeah, yeah. It was a fun time. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's a garage uh, right behind me back there. <laughs> I love it. Now I know the secrets. Yeah. So next go. time you come to my spot, I'll tell you the secrets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't it just a parking lot? I don't know. Well, I, I, I've never been there, so, so there you go. I'll tell you the secret yeah. when you get there. All yeah? right. So, <clears throat> Matt Burdick, welcome to the show, brother. Yeah, thank you. Um... I've been wanting to do this for quite some time. Been bugging you forever. I know about we this. talked about it. And uh, you, one of the first things you told me was you have this kick-ass Mexican lager, and we are drinking <laughs> it right now, my man. Well, it's kick-ass. I, I like it. I like it. You know, oh, this would be my after shift shifty. This is like the one I'd go to. Oh, I go to it quite a bit. Mm. Especially you pair it with some of the fish tacos we have here. Delicious. I could crush. And this is called. Uh, La Playa. La Playa, which is Spanish for the Playa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Matt, 
I, I want to know. Uh, I want to know more about you. Introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from. Where you've been. Um, and leave us to Desert Edge. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, go back to the old days before you had the beard. Before you had the. The glasses, uh, even. Well, I've been wearing glasses for a long time. Oh, shit. So, you know, before the glasses, you know, I ran into a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, so I, uh, I actually, I've lived here since like '97 in, in Salt Lake City. I grew up in Colorado, Southeast oh. Colorado, Cortez or Southwest. Sorry, excuse me, um, Cortez, Colorado, little town by Durango. A lot of people know it because Mesa Verde, the you know the yeah. uh, Anasazi beautiful. ruins. Absolutely yeah, beautiful. beautiful, beautiful Good place to, to visit. Um, as, as a kid, uh, that wasn't a farmer or a football player, not so cool, you know, <laughs> and you were neither. Not yet. No, I was not. <laughs> and, uh, no, I was, I was into music and, uh, actually working on cars. That's I grew up, my dad owned an auto shop. Okay. So, um, so I grew up doing mechanical stuff, working on cars. So you're really good with your hands and good, uh, engineering kind of putting uh, these together. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in a way, um, so, you know, fast forward a little bit, you know, you know, uh, I move here and um, uh, start working in a ski resort and heard from somebody, and I'm like 18 years old at this time, right? Um, you know, someone, I think a ski patrol or something was talking about a homebrew that he had in his closet. Like, he had made a homebrew batch of beer. And I was like, what's that all about? You can do that at home? Like, I had no idea. So we talked a little bit. And, uh, you know, for me, being a mechanical guy, it was more uh, b- before I uh, really fell in love with beer and all the flavors. For me, it was more the science aspect. I was fascinated at the fact that you can do this in your kitchen, and you know you're not going to go blind. You're not going to, you know, <laughs> like you know you're not going to get the runs or anything like that. Yeah. It's like you know you can make good beer at home, and and so uh, my roommates at the time got me a, a, a homebrew kit, just a basic. Everybody's had one. Your two buckets, and your your beer nut, here's your malt extract, make some beer. Yeah, like a Mr. Beer kit. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I made a batch of beer. And, I, again, this is where I geek out about it. Like, I was more fascinated with the fact that, like, I pitched the yeast and it's actually, it's bubbling. Hey, look, it's working. It's like, I did it right. And, you know, then I bottled it, followed all the directions, and then tasted it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's good. I mean, it was a porter. Never had a porter in my life before. Um, and how old were you when you did this? I, I was like 19 at this gotcha. point. Yeah. So, I, you know, um, but uh, was just fascinated with the process. So I immediately, as soon as I, I, like I tasted it and I was like, this isn't vinegar. Like, it's not terrible. I went back and got, got more ingredients and just went into it. Did you know? go from extract to uh, all grain? Or uh, kinda... Yeah, yeah. Natural progression there. Of course, being the, the mechanical geeky guy, uh, decided I wanted to, you know, I couldn't afford anything because I'm a lifty at solitude at the time. So <laughs> I start scavenging for stuff that I can build, you know, and then build a, you know, a little all grain system and start going from there. No way. Yeah. Was uh so that was you were in Utah that time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was the beer not the first place that you went yeah. to get all your shit? Yeah, that that was the only place I ever really went to. Um, I ended up working there after after a few years, honestly. Nice. Um. You but went yeah. down that rabbit hole hard then. Yeah, yeah, there. I did. And, and the funny thing is, like, so I'd been making beer a little bit, um, and, uh, you know, Circle of Friends stuff had met somebody that, uh, this was way back in the day, like, that worked here. Actually, at Desert Edge was a server here. And she said, oh, yeah, the guy's down in the brewery when it was down in the basement. Yeah, just poke your head in there. They're pretty, they're pretty cool. They'll, they'll talk to you for a minute. So I did. And they were, they were nice. 
Um, and uh, talked to me for a little bit, showed me around, and then I showed up again. And they were like, oh, you're one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and so then after a few times, they were like, all right, dude, um, if you shovel the grain out, you know, the spent grain, then we'll buy you a beer. And that's kind of how I started. It was actually back here. It's kind of poetic oh, wow. in a way. Yeah, because you made it full circle, right? Yeah, yeah. So how, after that, how, you know, shoveling grain, getting that free beer. Yeah, yeah. Were you picking the Who was the head brewer at the time? Uh, the head brewer at the time was uh, a guy named Al Diefenbach. Um, he, uh, I believe he still owns Fiddler's Elbow now down okay. in Sugar House. Um, so and then uh, actually Kevin Templin was his assistant brewer at the time. Gotcha. Down in the basement. And they were sitting here and hanging out with you and you're picking the brains and whatnot? Uh, yeah, it was probably more of uh, they were tolerating me being really annoying. <laughs> and uh, there was maybe something about my personality that, that made them not cast me off. They're like, ah, well, you know, he's probably all right. Keep him around a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from there, you know, it's just a little volunteer work. Got, got my foot in the door. And then um, there's a long defunct place called Rivers Effortless Dining is what it was called. Never heard of it. Down at, it was in the old mill, I believe. I don't know if that trio, that big trio restaurant in the old mill is still there, but mm. it was in that space. It's really big off of 6200 South, like Spitz, that whole complex. It okay. was in there. Gotcha. I know where Spitz is. Yeah, it, it's around there. But so Al ended up getting the brewing gig there because they were, um, they had a brewery, you know, they were kind of a brew pub, but an upscale one. And uh, he just said, hey, I need. I need an assistant. So here you go. Offered you the spot right there. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, a little bit of volunteer work again, but then they started. That was my first paid brewing gig. Hell yeah. And uh, it was much the same. Shoveling grain out, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Cleaning kegs, moving them around. But you you got to, do you still homebrew on the side? Um, I haven't for a while. But in, during that time, though? Oh, at the time? Space, oh, yeah. yeah. So you got to pick some brains and oh, yeah. probably take some grain home, maybe some yeah, yeast? Yeah, yeah yeast was, was a big thing, and, and even hops, because, you know, um, you know, at the time, you know, the beer night had a really good selection, but, you know, when I have bags of hops in the cooler and they're just like a handful, it's nothing, whatever. Right, then it. you can go, you know, pay a couple bucks for a couple ounces. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. It adds up. Yeah. I get you. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, especially when you're on a... A uh, assistant brewer's salary, you know, <laughs> you don't have a lot of disposable income. Were you still being a ski bum uh, lifty over at Solitude? Uh, yeah, I was, I was doing both, uh, both part-time, and so it actually worked out for me because it was, you know, I'd come down from work, and, you know, it was right at the mouth of the canyon, basically, so I could roll nice. into that, and, you know, but it was a, it was a fun gig, um, you know, and then uh, as a, a lot of younger industry people maybe have experienced i was like you know hey i want to i need to do this i need to go bigger and so uh i took a job at uh uinta hey um, yeah they needed a keg washer so i for some reason thought that being a keg washer at uinta was better than being a sense of brewer at a brew pub <laughs> <laughs> boy how you grow right mistakes were made mm. question mark I don't know if I'd call it a mistake. Well, you but probably had a great crew at UNT at that time. Oh right? uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was an old school crew. I mean, what year was, was like, that? The, when they that had... would have been like two thousand to two thousand two. So you had some good cats that time. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Crompton was there. Chad Allen was was there at the time. Um, uh, uh, Jeff Van Horn was there as well. Uh, Moab. Gotcha. Um, and so you know, I kind of 
I, I was working with those guys. We had a pretty small crew. At, at the time, I think Uinta was doing like 14,000, 15,000 barrels a year. Damn. And there was like eight of us that did it, you know. And you still in touch with all these guys? Um, some of them. I mean, I see Chad around town. Um, I haven't seen uh, Crompton in a long time. Uh, I see uh, Van Horn usually in, at the Idaho Beer Fest once a year. Oh, yeah. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I see him. We, we catch up and chat. Good. So you're, you're saying you've been a brewer for over 20 years. Um, I mean, not— Or not, in the industry, at least, for 20 years. Uh, y- y- yes. Uh, you I, fucking with beer for 20 years? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that. Um, I haven't—I mean, I haven't actually been paid to be a brewer that entire time. Like, there was some gaps in there um, for various reasons, you know. Sure. But, but uh, yeah, I've been— I've been doing it for a while. And then you went to, what happened to you went to? Where'd you go after you went to? Um, that was, I actually um, moved out of state for a little bit, um, back to Colorado okay. to, to run my dad's auto shop for a little bit. Um, just some, uh, he's getting older, needed to retire. And there was thoughts of maybe I would take it over, but I wasn't, I wasn't down to. Not you. Well, I mean, well, yeah, it's not, that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. So uh, I did it for a little bit and helped him shut it down, and then I moved back. Mm. Well, okay. Did the car part of it fascinate you at all? Did you find mechanics uh, enjoyable, uh, creative? Oh, did yeah. You find I, it kind of- I mean, I still do. Like I, mean, like, like I said, my truck doesn't fit in the garage. I mean, I, I, I you know, have a Land Cruiser that I work on, and, and you know, I do my own work. I don't, I don't pay people to work on my car. Oh, what's that like? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's frustrating, um, but not nearly as expensive. So you're se- secretly a grease monkey in a way. Oh, yeah. And that's really cool. Have you ever, uh, I've always wanted to ask this question to a mechanic or someone in the industry. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, I feel like every mechanic has, uh, built a car from the ground up? Um, not 100%. I've had one stripped down pretty far, um, but I've never done, like, they call it a frame-off restoration you know, uh, I've never actually pulled the whole body off of a frame, rebuilt everything and put it back together. But I've had major parts of like the whole front end off. And, um, you know, even my rig now, I've rebuilt all the suspension underneath it. Damn. And then parts of the engine. But Man, that's really cool. Take something apart and it's kind of like a jigsaw that you have to like use daily. Oh, yeah. It's a mach- and it's, I, I find it not, uh, I'm not envious, envious of it. I'm uh very curious and would like to learn something like that. That'd be really cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, if okay. you want to learn mechanics, just go buy a really cheap car that doesn't work and Oh, no. Make it I'm, I'm going to stick with my Prius. <laughs> 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 you know. I'll pay someone to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> buy, buy, a, buy a broken lawnmower. Start there, you there know, you go, like, yeah. then make it run. I can do that. And then if that. it doesn't work, then you just scrap it. But so I got no HOA, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I'm fucked. Yeah, you really don't want to do it, do you? <laughs> I'm just going to get one of those, uh, those uh, robots, the vacuum robots. Yeah, just get the Roomba. And then I'll just try to fix it. Yeah. Um, well, I, mean, I look at it kind of. Derek makes fun of me over this wrap tank. You have to be a software engineer to work with the Roomba. Software. Though. Hey, maybe that's another engineering I can do. But you got to do a lot of uh, maintenance as a brewer. Oh, yeah, there's, all a, the time. there's a lot of plumbing we have to do. There's a lot all of the back time. end I just, front end. I just had a steam pipe rot out, um, and uh, I had to replace it. And, you know, uh, one of the owners was like, hey, I can get a plumber in here. I'm like, nah, dude, I just need an inch and a half pipe this long and this long threaded and an elbow. He's yeah. like, I'll go get it. Yeah, get it to me. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Buy me a beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back to the old days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, a couple of pipe wrenches, and that's part of the job. I mean, yeah. either that or, you know, I can wait for a plumber to come in and look at it, 
kick it a little bit and then say, oh, I can come in next week. I'm like, yeah, dude, I got a brew in two days. Like, yeah, I need this done. Yeah. And you know your toys and your, your facility better I than am. anyone else and yeah. come in and kind of analyze that. Exactly. I mean, that's always, that's the running joke, right? A, a, a brewer is, uh, he's part plumber, part electrician, part mechanic. Yeah. The custodian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah he's the guy that has the tools, so he's also like property maintenance for some reason. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. <laughs> like the other day, someone came downstairs, do you guys have a snow shovel? Yeah, we got a snow yeah, shovel. Yeah, of course we do. <laughs> what do you want? Do you want to borrow it? Because I ain't going to push it. <laughs> You're right. So I want to go back to, uh, you mentioned earlier you had a hobby, or you were in mechanics, and then you had music. Uh, yeah, I, I want to tiptoe in that real quick. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I grew up in a musical family. We had instruments in the house. Did you play? Uh, yeah, I I say I can make noise with a guitar okay. a little bit and some drums, but a musician now nah, I wouldn't consider that. Mm. Um, did you grow up playing those instruments? I did. Yeah, and uh, my my a couple of my brothers. Uh, a lot of my family is actually really musical. One of my brothers is a drummer, and he's been a drummer in many local bands, and is currently. And, That's cool. Uh, another one's like a more of a producer, arranger, like um, uh, like audio engineer type guy type guy. But yeah, we grew up you know, with instruments in the house. Uh, my parents were in a band in the in California, you know, before we moved out to Colorado. They played gigs, kids running around, stuff like that. Woodstock '69, yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> no. no, we're talking more like a. Maybe like a church dance. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I said aspirations high for that one. My bad, Matt. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, no, that's all right. It's all right. But, uh, you know, I started dabbling in music. I've always enjoyed music. I listen to a lot, even to this day. I mean, you know, um, that's the first thing I, I did when I got here because there was no stereo system, uh, you know, so I had to bring a speaker down, like, first thing. Like, I had to go back and get one. I'm like, I need tunes. Yeah, you do. What's your go-to genres? I'm, I'm curious. all over the place, dude. Hit like, me. Uh, <laughs> Gangster rap. Well, yeah, I mean, soft some country. of it. Yeah, yeah some of that. I, I, I stay EDM. out of I, No, I, get, I don't do that. Uh, I don't get down with that. Hardcore rock. Uh, yeah, I get into some pretty heavy stuff. Filthy metal. Uh, I get into some, yeah. I, I'm into that, some of that heavy stuff. Uh, classical some, music? Uh, a little bit. I like more of like uh, classical 20th century stuff, like more modern, like. Well, like Shakira kind of, and yeah, uh, no, 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 like Steve Reich and shit like that. Like, okay. like, like you know, kind of intricate. Well, sometimes it's repetitive or, or just off the wall, oh, wow. Stockhausen type shit. I got a friend that would just love to play some music for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You always run into that guy. Like, listen to this. Mm. So uh, you really are all over the place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, just, I'll, I'll go from like today. I went from um, Mariah Carey's uh, Christmas album uh, yeah, to. Yeah. No, actually, I do not like Christmas music. <gasps> How dare you, sir? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I have I have a good uh, I have a, a, a copy of John Denver and the Muppets Christmas. I'll put hey. that on once in a while because I oh, like gee. John Denver. Yeah, but yeah, I like Muppets. That's why I would play. <laughs> like this morning, I went from like the the cliche. Like just I was just didn't want to think about it. I just put on like you know the Grateful Dead channel on Sirius for a bit. But then I went to the '80s on eight. That was the rest of the day. Just listen to some '80s. It reminds me of my childhood, man. Like you, yeah. It goes from Lionel Richie to like Def Leppard to White Snake. It's White, all over the yeah. place, dude. It's like all over the place. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And everyone knows it. It's good times. Yeah. No, it's that's, all familiar. It, like it, it reminds me of like road trips with my family when I was a kid. That's because cool. we had we were listening to Top 40 radio. That's like right. Like driving cool. around because we didn't have a lot of cassettes in the car. Gotcha. You know, so it would just be 
Find the radio station. Here you go. Or they would sing your church songs when you were oh, there, God, when they're no. practicing. Yeah, da, da, da. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Luckily, my family didn't do it. It wasn't like the family <laughs> truckster, like, you know, like Chevy Chase singing to you. No. Oh, no, nothing like that. No. So once you came back to Colorado, helped your pops, you know, close shop. Mm-hmm. What happened after that? So then I came back because, you know, me, I was, I was married at the time. Um, we owned a house up here. So we just kind of gotcha. leased it out to some friends for a couple months and came back. And that's when I actually started working at the Beer Nut. Oh. Because, yeah, this is like a, a funny kind of turn of events. Like, my neighbor across the street, who I kind of knew and was friendly with before we left, I got back, and um, we were chatting in the driveway. He's like, oh, you guys are moving back. Cool. And he worked at the Beer Nut. Chris Zachary. I don't know if any, some of you old school Beer Nut guys might remember Chris. Um, tall, blonde guy. But... Um, he was like, hey, man, you know, you know beer, right? I was like, yeah, I would like to think so. <laughs> He's like, we, we need somebody. And so I worked there for like four years. Damn. Yeah. Were you still homebrewing while you were in Colorado, while you were doing the mechanics stuff? Uh, no, that, that, access to ingredients was pretty bad out there. Really? Yeah. I guess you're in the Southwest area, right? Yeah, yeah. Cortez had no, no um, stores. Durango, I think, maybe had a little homebrew shop that had some options, but I was pretty busy with mm. trying to, like, work on cars and get all that shit buttoned up. So once you left for Colorado, it was kind of homebrewing and the beer, the beer, beer side you was put on hold besides enjoying. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah the, like the production pro side was definitely like, you know, I, I inquired around, but nobody was really looking for any, and you know, and this was, this was, I moved back in 2003. So I was gone for like six months, 2002, 2003 ish. It's a little fuzzy. It's in there somewhere. I yeah. can find out, but in the two thousands, um, yeah, early. And there wasn't, uh, we didn't have the brewery scene we have now. I mean, you had your, your bigger production guys. Your, you went to and you your co-op at the time, um, Red Rock. It was before their production facility, though. They were still brew pub, this place, Squatters brew pub, Hoppers down south. Um, uh, at the time, Bohemian maybe barely existed, or maybe it was... It had gone through a few different iterations before it became Bohemian. Like, it was originally what Avalanche, and then it was Brookhaven. Neither one of them lasted very well. But so Bohemian's- yeah, there, there was a lot of options for like pro brewing. Hmm. And uh, now at the time, not a lot of turnover either. You know, it's a pretty I mean, small community. It's a sick gig. I would not yeah. leave I know. that out. I know. So yeah, beer night was great. So that's where I was you- still. I was still like. In the industry, in a way, you know. You totally were, because you were supplying the... Because look, look at all the breweries now. They either came from UNS, I feel like, or they came from the beer night, in, in, a, in a way. I just have this idea. Like, you look at the Dietrichs and the, and the Nils and the you know, Patricks. Like, you see yeah, all the yeah. people that come through the beer night. Everyone, Jamie yeah. Burnham, like, they, everyone came to the beer night. Yeah, like, a lot of us did. And so I feel like... Yeah, I totally were. You were like the, uh, the dealer of the I mean, it, in a way, world. but I, I kind of also thought of it as... Uh, you know, I was I was pretty adept in the in the beer world, but I didn't at the time. Like, I had never really gone above like, you know, graining out. You know, when I worked at Rivers with Al as his assistant, I got my hands in a little bit of everything because it was just the two of us there. He was a really good teacher and, and a good uh, kind of mentor about and good about letting people do things. He wasn't a, like a guy that was like, no, 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 you don't know what you're doing, don't touch it. He was actually really good about explaining. And involving. That's cool. Um, even to, uh, I mean, 
different experience, but not like I wouldn't say in a negative way, but just a different environment. It was like, hey, you got to get all those kegs clean and filled, and we need this much of cutthroat and this much of hefeweizen. That's just what you got to do. That's your job now. Um, so it was, it was, it was a little bit of a shock because uh, you know you get all romantic about it, and you're like, oh, I'm moving up to the big brewery in the state, and you're yeah. like, and my job is to basically sweep the floor. Cool, uh, but you know, it was a good experience. Uh, but uh, much different. So the beer nut is really kind of, I kind of saw it as like almost a paid education. So I got paid to, you know, and granted anybody that walked in the door, you, if you worked there, you, you probably knew more about beer than they did. So they're going to learn something. They're going to ask questions and, and whatnot. But I mean, you know, I, I, we had all these books on the shelf and I could just sit there and read a book if I wanted to. You know, I got I got paid to coach people on brewing, and you know, uh, there was always it was always a really funny experience. You'd see the the guy that you sold a homebrew kit to like three weeks ago walk in with a bottle and a sheepish look. You're like, what did you do? Because <laughs> he wants you to taste his beer and say, what's wrong with this? It's like, so I mean, that was actually really educational as well because you start to taste a lot of off flavors for various reasons. Sure, you know because. You know, and, and not to bag on, you know, early brewers. No, that's not I, what I like, that's I like what the, I'm the beer just, coaching is what you said. I yeah, like that yeah, term. Yeah, it's more coaching. And, but it also, like, you know, there's certain things you read about, and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I might not ever taste that. And sure at, at the homebrew you shop, you've tasted a lot of them. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, you'd be surprised what, you know, people start doing with beer or, or you know, how loose they get with sanitation and whatnot. And right. it's like all of a sudden you're like, or, or they bring it in, they're like, okay, you should open that outside. I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to explode, dude. Like, <laughs> there was a lot of funny, funny experiences. I'll bet you got some good stories. Oh, God. We, we had, uh, we always, because people would always bring us beers to share as well. Yeah. And uh, we would put them in the fridge, and we called it roulette, because we, we wouldn't mark them. <laughs> we would just be like, all right, guys, go pick one. Let's open it and see if we can guess what it is. And maybe even who made it, because, you know, we had a lot of regular customers. Right. Um, and, and there were some really good beers in there. And there were some, some duds. Yeah. But that, I, I like that's that just, because that's how you learn. also, it, exa- exactly how you learn. You have to, as a beer judge or as a brewer, you're going to have to put your nose to like, okay, what is this? Yeah. If I'm the consumer, what am I making? What was made? Do I want this? Would I, would I drink this in my own brewery? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, that's something I've always wanted to do uh, with, with a group of brewers is actually drill down and get the off-flavor kit because, you know, we read about it and we know a lot of them, but there's some weirdly weird ones that you, you might not ever encounter, but I would still like to know, like, physically. Like, when I read it, I'm like, okay, so that, you know, you're t- saying that tastes like Spam. Like, I know what Spam tastes like, but in a beer? Yeah. Like, how's that going to come across? Happen. I'm down to do that. Yeah. Let's have like a little little date morning at the Fisher Aquitos and yeah. just get some brewers I mean, together and I, do that. I, I, I know that we can get uh, a bunch of guys together and be like, hey, we're going to do basically yeah, pallet training. The, I'm writing this down right now. And, you know, they, 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 they spell it out. They kind of tell you how to do it. But it's like you have your sample and you have a barely perceptible dose and then you have a heavy dose. So you go through yeah. it and you're like, so you're training your palate into that, what is this? That's why I like the Pink Boots. I know a couple times the last Pink Boots meeting they've had, you know, Lauren Lurch is putting, they got like Bud Light or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they put off layers in it. And yeah. she'll put like, 
a fuck ton or a shit ton, and then she'll do a small amount. And she just she just a straight up education, and that's yeah. really cool. I mean, I, no, I I would love to do that because I mean, like, the kid's a couple hundred bucks, but it's like you know, hey. We have a pretty good community here, so yeah. we all get together and say, "Hey, we're going to do some sensory training." Yeah, it's all pitching ten bucks, yeah. whatever. Oh, I'd be and be, bring a beer. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, bring a beer that you want to ruin. <laughs> Coors, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Michelob Ultra. Yeah. <laughs> so then, after you you were at the beer nut, what happened after the beer nut? You were there for four years. I was, um, and then uh, actually, I, I tandems there. So I, this is my third time being in this place because while I worked at the beer nut. Um, Chris Haas had taken over ah. as the brewer, and uh, he was in one day um, just grabbing some. I don't, I don't even remember what he was grabbing. Some, either some hops for like cask or like some hop socks. Or I, he was just grabbing some random shit. And we were chatting a little bit, and he was like, "Oh, hey, yeah, you you, you kind of know that brewery, right?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, I spent some time down there." And he was kind of like, "You think you might want to just come down a couple days a week and help me out?" And so I did that for a couple of years while at the beer nut. So I was kind of, oh. I kind of at one point had my foot in both worlds a Another little bit. Another double dipping kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, down in the basement when the brewery's downstairs, like I worked here for a couple of years with Haas at the beer nut. And then that all, it all stopped at the same time because uh, then I got offered a position at Bohemian. Um, their head brewer was moving on to, I think he went to, well, it used to be Crosby and Baker, but now it's Country Malt Group. Um, but he went on as a sales person there. And, Interesting. Um, I had known him for a few years, and uh, I got that gig. That was, so that was my, I'm head brewer of Bohemian now. Damn. It's kind of a mindfuck, really. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I did that for a couple of years. And... Uh, you know, that was, I mean, that brew house, I love that brew house. I mean, ugh, those, those guys, like, they, they don't know. Um, maybe some of them do, but that is the coolest brew house. Like, mash mixers, you know, full whirlpool vessel, like, just, it's set up just to go. Yeah, um, and they go. They're always they, Well, they do, yeah. They're it was their production out. now. My production uh, at the time was very light distribution. Um, we had just started canning beer um i think they were one of the first canned in utah beers actually canned in utah i know that uh squatters did their golden ale um in cans but that was a can here that was somewhere else contracted gotcha. um so they had they, had, they got a old well at the time it was new cast canning line and we fired that sucker up and started canning you know bohemian pilsner yeah yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's one of the OGs. I like that. I love, I really love uh, the fact that Bohemian is still a lager brewery first. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, a I, German I, lager I 100% respect that. Like, they just, um, they, they stick to their guns. I mean, they, they've branched out a little bit. Uh, you know, back when I worked there, um, old man Joe, he, he was a headstrong individual. And uh, he could be a very nice guy, but also he could be very frustrating. Um, and that was one of his things was basically like as the brewer, his Christmas gift to you was you got to make one different beer for Christmas. That was basically it, you know, like otherwise (laughs) he was like, Nope, these four beers, that's all we will ever do. Cause he's very traditional that way. He grew up in Czech and, uh, I didn't know that part. 
Oh yeah, no, you know, he 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 grew up and and lived most of his adult life. Well, a, a decent amount of it over in oh, the Czech Republic. Okay, and uh, moved here uh, maybe in his twenties or I, I don't know exactly when. But uh, so he, um, yeah, he was very traditional and also very stubborn. Uh, it, it's been cool to see they still really ride that traditional line, mm-hmm. but they dabble a little bit in some other things that aren't aren't out of line, but they're just you know. They're having some fun. Yeah, as they should. I believe yeah, they that. should. They should have some. I feel like breweries should always have some creative freedom. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would totally. I, agree. I don't like the non. We're making these beers, nothing but these beers. Uh, that's just a button pusher at that time. Uh, Our yeah. button pusher, excuse me. I, just, I, I want to be able to every once in a while. Can I do like a winter ale or a yeah Twinkie beer? Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> if that's your thing. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I've. I've. I've I've a uh, well, so when I, you know, and this is down the road, so we're skipping a bunch, but that's okay. When I was at Roja, that, that Firkin program there was a lot of fun. When, when I started working there, it was every week, every Wednesday, you have a Firkin, and it's like, sky's the limit. Whatever man. you want to do. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it, that was, uh, that was really fun to start to experiment with, you know, different ingredients and seeing what you can get away with, where some limits are. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's really a pin, so it's only five. Point four gallons or whatever it is, right. five point two. So like, the the whole thing was like, it should be fun. Don't get too caught up in it. Yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting to do a sweet onion lager. Yeah, I, I, count I me out I, on that. I, I have, have an onion sensitivity. Thing. That's fine. Everyone says, have to take I a want, drill. I just want a little sweet onion. Let's, <laughs> let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, a little medallion onion. Firkin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every right. single person I pitched the idea to, like, terrible. What are you? What's wrong with you? Well, no, so no, so you could get away with it. Add a little, add a little smoke, so it's like a barbecue, like a grilled onion, like a barbecued onion. There you go. So maybe you would try it. I would try it. <laughs> I can't say that I would enjoy it at all. I'll try just about anything. Yeah, once. true, true. I get you. Just about. So then, came back here for a second. Then, from what I'm gathering, yeah. So Bo- I took the Bohemian gig. Bohemian gig for a couple of years. For a couple of years, and then uh, actually, I uh, um, saw an opportunity with uh, High West Distillery. They were a startup. Oh, at the really? Time. Yeah. So I saw it, it was in the City Weekly of all places. Like I, I uh, someone showed me this ad. It was like, and I thought it was might have been kind of like a joke or a scam. It was like distillery looking for someone with brewery and, or distillery experience, like whatever. But I was kind of intrigued by it because that was right when the craft spirits movement was really gaining a lot of traction. So this would have been like 2006, probably. Okay. Um, and definitely we didn't have any here at the time. I mean, now there's a ton of them, and I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, there was like, there was none. And I was even more, I was like, wow, they're going to make whiskey out here. Because, like, you, you know, when you see the Old West, they're all drinking whiskey. Well, nobody's making whiskey in Utah right now. That's yeah. kind of the Old West, right? Like, this, this is a cool opportunity. And so uh, I talked with, uh, at the time, it was Dave, Dave Perkins was opening that place up and um, landed the gig. To, I was amazed. I was like, oh, well, I, I was going in just kind of like, well, I'm going to bomb this, but I'm curious, you know? Sure. And uh, Did you have any, any distilling information or experience no, at all? None. But, I mean, nobody in town did either, so. You're not wrong. I mean, you know. Um, so, I mean, his thing was like, well, you know, you know, enzyme activity mashing, you know, CIP, like, there's a lot of similar processes. There, there's a lot of 
not similar processes, but, <laughs> um, but those can be taught. So, um, yeah, I landed that gig. And at the time, there, there was no production facility. So my main task was actually kind of building that out. I became kind of a general contractor more than a brewer or distiller. Um, uh, but it was cool. I mean, it was a learning experience. I mean, I'd never really managed contractors and had to source equipment and stuff like that. Damn. Um, um, I mean, the steel was already sourced. I didn't have to deal with that, thankfully. But uh, tanks and that stuff, I mean, it was, it was an interesting gig. Yeah. Um, that, in the end, uh, didn't, didn't pan out so well for me um, for a few different reasons. One, I, I wanted to have more hands-on with product. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, also uh, the economy tanked at the same time because this was mm. in, like, 2008. And so... Things got weird. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, where'd you jump ship to? Um, I actually ended up, um, uh, I went to school for a little bit. Okay. Because uh, there was no jobs to be had, necessarily. And then uh, I ended up at a glass tempering facility. Damn. Yeah, I know, right? It's actually kind of cool. It, well, it, it was. I started there. I had a buddy that worked there. And again, this was like kind of end of the, that 2008, like bubble burst. And so unemployment was really high. Um, jobs were tough, uh, but I had a buddy that was kind of a floor manager there, and he's like, I mean, I can get you on. It's just, just like, it's just labor, basically. Like, I, uh, what I started doing was I would take pieces of glass off of the out of the tempering oven, and there was a big light table there, so you have to like quickly look at it for any imperfections, and then put it, and it has a little number on it that's burned in with a laser in the corner, and you have to put it in the right slot because they send that to window making manufacturers, so they have to be right. Okay. So then they pull them off and make windows. Interesting. Like any window you have in your house is made by one of the few factories that that place probably served. Wow. So then, but um, my mechanical aptitude or whatever you want to call it, maybe just curiosity, I wanted to start doing other stuff. So I ended up running the tempering oven by the end of my tenure Hell there. yeah. So I went through all the positions and I could do everything on the floor, but really the oven was my jam. And that thing is... You got to think it's it's uh, it's probably like fifty feet long. This huge oven that huge pieces of glass go through, and it has heating elements, electric heating elements on either side. And if you set them wrong, you'll get glass that's like bowed or concave or you know, all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of Just stuff that can go wrong. Shit. So yeah, it's like monitoring that. I was like checking the straightness of the glass imperfection. So that that's what I was doing. Then they moved that plant to Denver. And I didn't go. They wanted me to. Did you think about it? Because it's Colorado, right? Uh, I did for a second. But, uh, you know, at the time, you know, I had, had uh, uh, kids here and, you know, family. And I was like, I can't, I can't uproot and just go. Yeah. Um, and so then I went, I went to tech after that. So th- this, this whole span is like probably, it's a couple of years. But I actually ended up working at uh, Apple as a computer tech they like to use the term genius, but I always feel weird about that. <laughs> You're so humble, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it comes at a price. Yeah, and then so Apple for a little bit. Then what happened after Apple? So then... The real um, gig. Well, kind of. But so it, it, during my stint in Apple, I had realized, like, I need to get back into making beer. Because I, I, I had started, 
uh, I got my equipment all back together and up to snuff, and I was making beer again. Oh, shit. Okay. So I, I had taken a little break from brewing, even at home. Just didn't have the time or the funds for it, honestly. Um, so I started making beer again, and I was like, now this is, this is what I'm going to do. I, I got to get back in. And so uh, I, I started squirreling away money because, you know, working in tech, it's, it's a decent paying job. Um, you didn't know if the world's going to end again because of that. Well, well yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was yeah. A, that was a huge. Well, well yeah, who knew? Yeah. I, I mean, but, uh, you know, so I, I was like, well, and I started shopping around and kind of looking at brewing jobs. And I'm like, well, I've been out of it for a few years, so I'm, I'm going to take a pay cut here. And I was ready to do that, and I did, and I, that's, I expected it. But, uh, yeah, so I ended up. Getting back in, and I got back in with Roja. So, because Chris was working there at the time. Yeah. He started that, right? Him and Rob yeah, started him, that. Yeah, him and Rob started that. And so he's like, hey, you reached out, and he's like, hell yeah. Well, yeah, we, we talked a little bit. It, you know, it, it took a few months to get everything all solidified and whatnot, but it was basically just like, yeah, I started working on the floor and doing this and that. I mean, at that time, it was in the brewery. It was really just three of us doing everything. Yeah, um, but you were more, way more hands-on at that point. Oh, yeah. Way more. Yeah. And so then, you know, I, I was there for three years. And, uh, you know, I loved working there. I still love those guys. I talk to them all the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, then when this opened up, it was kind of, for me, it was almost like the, the homecoming call. Like, oh, they're, they're, they're looking for somebody. Like, I at least want to go talk to them. Yeah. And they already knew you, right? Because the owners are still the owners? The same owners? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I didn't have a lot of crossover with, uh, like, like Mark, who's here every day. Um, you, know, he, you know, he knew who I was, and we knew each other. But, you know, we weren't, like, super tight bros Best or anything friends, like that. Right. Um, but anyway, I came in and chatted with him and just, you know, just kind of a, almost a chat like this, really. They were just more curious, like, hey, where have you been for the last several years you know you used yeah. to be here now you're not like what did you do it wasn't like your typical job interview um and uh then it all just kind of worked out where they were like yeah this seems like a good thing to do you're so, right it is kind of romantic it really is i mean you know you have this weird full circle at this place yeah and it's it's a really cool story i mean i yeah to me like it, it just made sense i was like and and this is really you seem so comfortable here dude uh, well, yeah. I mean, I've, this is like the third time I've I've worked here, so yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like yeah, it's coming coming home, <laughs> um, you know. But but uh, it, it's also, uh, you know, uh, like production brewing. I, I there's a lot of cool things about it that I I do like. You know, there there's this like consistency. There's process development. You know, your, your SOPs and all this, and you know, it's like a a well machine or a well oiled machine. Um, that just goes and goes and uh, a lot of quality control and stuff like that. But, you know, a place like this is a, a, it's just a different speed, you know, where, you know, they're, they're like, okay, well, these, these, four, these are our four core beers, which I've always known. Like, we, we like those on all the time and don't mess them up. Yeah. The other ones, I, you're the beer guy. Free range. Yeah. What do you want? What do you, what, I mean. Sweet onion beer. Um, no. <laughs> No, dude, I, you're going to keep pushing this. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I'm not the guy to make it. <laughs> but, 
I hear collaboration. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll bring the sweet part of it. You bring the onions. <laughs> That's really cool. But I love the fact that you have those. What are your four core beers here at Desert Edge? Um, so the, the four cores are the Happy Valley Hefeweizen, mm. the Latter-day Stout, Utah Pale Ale, and Pub Pilsner. They've always had those. That's what they started with. Um, when they first opened this, they, um, I think they maybe had one, sometimes two seasonals on, but then they had, they also had like Coors and Coors Light. Like, cause so you have to understand about when they installed the brewery in like 95 here, they had already been a restaurant for like 20 years. Damn. I didn't so, know that. uh, yeah, this place has been in Trolley Square since 1972 in one form or another. Jeez. Yeah, that's, that's like the hat uh, or the, our branding, like 1972 IPA. That's, that's a ah. homage to that because this is the 50th anniversary year. Yeah. By so, the way, happy anniversary. Oh, yeah, well, thanks. I haven't been here the whole time. Um, <laughs> uh, only almost half of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. But, uh, you know, so... They had a lot of uh, loyal followers that came here just for the sandwiches and like a pitcher of Coors or Coors Light, you know. And so when they installed the brewery, um, you know, they were one of only a few brew pubs even in town. And uh, so they're pushing this new craft beer thing that hasn't really had a lot of time here. You know, well, I mean, Wasatch opened in Park City in like 85, but they didn't have anything down here for years. Um. So a lot of the general public was still kind of like, oh, right, it's a especially Salt Lake scene, you know, yeah. like, um, and so yeah, they had to they had to keep their their coolers on because that's what people knew. Yeah, I understand exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Totally get that. I mean, I remember working here even um, in the early two thousands when Haas was still here. We were in the basement in the brewery. We still had coolers on. You know, we had kegs of coolers in the brewery, and I always thought it was kind of funny. I was like, you know, we're a craft brewery, right? You know. I, why do we have this? But, uh, do you still have that currently, or do, at what point no, do you switch no, out we, of that? No, no, we don't now. Um, uh, that ended, I, I don't know exactly when. They, they finally just said, you know, if people want a Bud Light, we'll have it in the bottle. But it's not even on the menu. Ah. You have to know. And even then, I think the servers kind of try to steer them away from like, I would, too, because you're in a hey, craft brewery. Yeah, we make beer here. I'll give you your closest thing to but, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so that's, that's honestly where this Laplaya sometimes comes into play, because they'll be like, oh, you want like a lighter, like, macro-ish-style lager? Well, we have this really light beer. The Playa. Yeah. 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 The Playa. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call it that the rest of <laughs> my life, dude. Well, we had, we had one person order it as the Playa one time. Oh, hell yeah. It is the Playa. The Playa. <laughs> yeah, was, I thought that was pretty funny. That's, for me, the best way to remember Spanish. So in, in Spanish, uh, eyes are ojos, O-J-O. Yeah. But for you to remember that, just my ojos. Yeah. My, my ojos are. Ojos. You won't remember. You won't forget yeah. ojos like Playa. Yeah. Right? yeah. This makes sense. <laughs> so, Matt. I say we uh, refuel, refresh, take a quick break, and come right back. How's that sound? Sounds great. Hell yeah. Shout out to our longtime and extremely supportive sponsor, Fisher Brewing Company. As one of the staples of Salt Lake City, Fisher Brewing is a must-visit. With a different food truck every day, a loving, attentive staff, canned beer, and some of the sickest swag in town, Fisher Brewing Company is a spot you'll never forget. Trust us when we say, when you walk through those doors at Fisher Brewing Company, you will feel the atmosphere and you will feel loved. See you at Fisher, my friends. Quick shout out to our sponsors, Distillery 36. 
Locally owned and operated, Distillery 36 produces 100% cane rum from scratch. From green to glass, Distillery 36 raises the bar in the rum game here in Utah. With their Brigham Rum and Spiced Brigham Rum, they continue to bring home award after award. Want to see and taste why they're so damn good? Schedule a tour and find out firsthand why we cannot get enough of these quality rums. Head to distillery36.com or hit them up on all social media platforms for your own personal experience. Upgrade your bar today with quality rum from Distillery 36. Until the next rum, my friends. All right, family, we're back. Still here at Desert Edge. Been here for 50 years, so I, I mean... Well, I mean, you haven't been here 50 years. No, no, no. I'm nor, not even, nor have I. Not even that old, man. Jeez. I mean... I the, can't wait, though. The first time I stepped foot in here was definitely 25 years ago, though. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, because... Uh, I'll say another funny story about this place, that why my, my connection to it is what it is. So I moved here uh, in 1997... And um, when the Backstreet Boys were hot, yeah, yeah, they were. And <laughs> I mean, th- this is the statute of limitations is up on this, so that I don't think they can get in trouble for anything. Um, but uh, you know, I-, I get here, and my brother lived a few blocks from here, and I was going to crash on his couch until I got on my feet and got a place and this and that. Sure. And so I get here, and I have you know just my car and some bags of shit because i mean i just moved from my parents house i didn't really have much just clothing and whatnot and uh he's like hey yeah we're gonna walk down to the pub and have a couple beers and uh i was like oh okay sure why not did you drink beer before then not really i mean you know i i didn't i didn't hate it but it wasn't like it wasn't something i did you know i didn't hang out with my friends and drink beer yeah just not not it wasn't my thing um i didn't necessarily dislike it but at the same time growing up in cortez colorado i didn't have a lot of good craft options to introduce me to the world of craft beer what were the options out there um i'm um, curious no well i also didn't go into liquor stores because i was a 19 year old kid so um uh but i mean anytime i would go to any sort of social function with a bunch of kids or even people that could buy beer it was just a bunch of coors light Okay. Or Budweiser. Okay. Um, occasionally, a six-pack of Fat Tire would show up, and nobody would drink it. Actually, I do remember having a, a Fat Tire in my teen years and thinking, that, that was all right. You know, that, that was a long time ago. I think it tastes a little different now. But, um, but still, that was di- it, I mean, I, I didn't really care for a, a, a Coors or a Coors Light. But, you know, you're 18, you'll drink it. Yeah, it's uh, forbidden fruit. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a Colorado product, so Rocky Mountain water, bro. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> but anyway, so we walk down here and uh, sit on the patio and have, have a beer. And, you know, this is, I guess they call it kind of the Wild West days, but, I mean, I, yeah, underage and had some beers here. That's fine. Here's the thing about that. Was it the, the nostalgic moment that you know, reminisces with you. That, that's why you love that moment is because, what, do you remember the beer you had? Um, no. But was I, the memory that I, made I, it so I, special? I don't. Um, uh, and that was your first beer in Utah, though. It, it, yeah. Oh, it was. 100%. So your first beer in Utah, Desert Edge. Was here. And then let's go around this roller coaster of a ride of a life you've had. 
in your back at Desert Edge. <laughs> yeah, right? It's you know weird. what I mean? It's so cool. It's weird. And the word romantic I mean, you weird used earlier, is not the way to put it. But romantic. Yeah. Romantic. That's okay. the word you use, and I really, yeah. I think you nailed it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Because uh, a lot, of, I think someone answered this question the other day. I said, what, what kind of, what's your favorite style of beer? And I said, <laughs> they, they say, uh, depends on the moment and situation, the people I'm with. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. But it, yeah, that's, I mean, that's my, mine's, mine's usually the one in front of me. But you know, There you go. Yeah, that's a great answer, too. But the camaraderie of being just with your homies and just yeah. being in that space. So you with your brother and just, just being. You're on your own. Yeah, and also, flying. like, yeah, it was, it was my, my like, coming of age, quote, unquote. Like, yeah, yeah, it was my moment of, like, I'm in the big city. Because you have to understand, coming from a small town, Salt Lake's a big city. Of Cortez, Colorado, coming to Salt Lake. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the capital of the state, man. Yeah, I know. It's a big city. You. And, you know, we come to some cool place where he knew a bunch of people that worked here. And it's like... And full circle. Like, yeah. Have you ever brought that story back up to him? And been like, hey, uh, no, I talk, that one I, time? I, I did talk about it. I'm now um, the brewer there. <laughs> the guy. Oh, well, damn. Oh, my brother knows the story. And he says the same thing. He was like, man, that was like... He's like, you completely came full circle. I'm like, yeah. It's kind of interesting. It is cool. I, well, I even talked about it with, you know, when I was sitting down to have our, I guess you could call it an interview, conversation about potential employment. Um, I mean, I, I told them that. I was like, and they, and they know I've been around, but, um, you know, it's just like, yeah, man, like, this is the first place I came. I, I, I got to town, unloaded my clothing into a basement. It wasn't even a bedroom, dude. There was a futon down there next to the washer and dryer, like. <laughs> And uh, and then we walked over here and had nachos and some beer. Like it was man, pretty crazy. Yeah, but the thing about that is that just proves, Matt, that you have this passion, this heart to for this place. You have, you just you're a caring person. You got a big old heart, and so you. It's not like you did anything wrong or you tried to be some savage, <laughs> you know, intellect. You know, some person that's trying to. Oh, disrupt. I can be a savage. I get you. I bet you can. <laughs> but how you did it is you went about it in a way where. You were just being free. You're being you, and you're still that. You do it through your beer. I mean, right now I'm trying your uh, Fairway uh, Cold IPA. Oh, the Cold IPA. Man, dude, this tastes like a cold West Coast. I tell you what. Man. Yeah, well, that's clear. That's, what is that? That's crystal. Yeah, it it's, is, dude. This is yeah. Well, I mean, it's a tasty you know, boy, man. It's, uh, I can unfortunately crush like seven of these. I mean, you can. <laughs> no, no, no. There's your boys got to drive home I got somehow. A, I got a bunch of them. Unless well, you, you know, I'm drinking your cold IPA too. Delicious. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's fun to share beers. I know. I brought I brought a cold IPA, not knowing you had a cold IPA. Well, I had to share some some beverage, right? Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, delicious. Cheers, brother. Cheers. You know, appreciate that. I love your glasses, by the way. Mm. Twenty ounce <laughs> true pints. <laughs> Makes me happy. Hmm. No, you, yeah. I like that. And then, so far, what I've had here is great, dude. Yeah, and uh, I appreciate The collab, that. by the way, was great. I love that collab. Here. Oh, the Hellas? That was really that good. That was a lot of fun, you know, and that's something that, um, when, I, when I was at Roja, we had always talked about trying to work in a lager, um, you know, but, you know, in, in a production environment, especially when your distributor maybe is not going to take it, like, tap room only, it, it, it's tough. Right. Especially, I'm going to type a tank for how long? For a, a beer that you know may not go anywhere, right? So when, when uh, it, it was actually really funny um, because I I I moved I came over here I've only been here just a little over a year. So like uh, 
I think December 2nd of last year was my first. Happy anniversary, uh, brother. Well, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it, was my fr- it was a Monday. It was my first day here. Um, and, uh, you know, getting on my feet, doing my thing, this and that. Uh, 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 Chad, who, who, who had left, is very accommodating, very nice. You know, I, I called him probably at least five times a day or texted him. He's a sweetheart, man. Uh, uh, oh, I, I love Chad. Who doesn't? And uh, and uh, about random stuff, and he was so nice about it. And it was the same thing when you know, when I had left Roja that Carson, who had taken over there for me, um, I told him the same thing. I was like, dude, do not hesitate. Like this is not, you know, this is not a on the screw you, you know, like type of thing. Uh, you know, I want you guys to be successful, and I'll do what I can. You know, and I'd gone over there and help him do things and this and that. Um, but when the collab fest came up, it was. <laughs> I was talking to Chad Allen about this. Actually, he he made a comment about it. He was like, "When we were pulling names out of a hat, because it really was names out of a hat." Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He was totally random. He's like, he pulled Desert Edge, and then it was Roja. And he was like, "This could get weird." <laughs> when he was telling me this is after the fact, but I was like, "Ah, it's fine," you know. And actually, we were really excited because uh, w- when I had left there, we'd already talked about like, let's do a collab. We could probably do a lager, because I know there's lager yeast at Desert Edge all the time. This is like my quote-unquote exit interview with Rob. It was more of just a conversation and a hug, and I may or maybe there wasn't tears. But, um, uh, you know, it's like, hey, we need to do more stuff. We're going to do stuff together. And uh, we we'd kind of hummed and hawed around it, and then we were assigned to be the Guild collab. So it was a no-brainer. We're like, we're doing this Hellas lager. We're, that's going to be our, our Roja. Dude, I enjoyed collab. it. I enjoyed the fuck because as far as I knew, Roja was not lagery. No, no, no. We did it Just here, but ales, I mean, ales, they ales, were. Ales, ales. And, um, but, but they're doing one now. They have a Mexican lager. I think they're going to come out Get with. Get out of here. Because uh, I. Secret uh, secrets. I, I, well, you know. I, I want to try this. I'm a sucker for it. You know, sorry if I'm spilling the beans, guys. They sent out an email that said new beer coming, and they were being cryptic about it, but. Uh, I, I think the beer will be out before this. Let's text so. Carson right now. <laughs> we can. But uh, um, I actually gave him some yeast. You know, they hit me up. I'm like, hey, can I get a yes, locker pitch? And I was like, hell yeah, you can. See, like, I love that. I love that. Like, why, 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 dude, otherwise it's going in the garbage. Like, sure. you know. Yeah, that's really cool. Like, I'll give you yeast. Why not? So who would you collab with if you could? Um, I mean, I'll, I'd collab with anybody, man. Like, um I, I just like uh, I like sharing ideas and talking about beer. Um, That's right, because um, you, you go to Fisher a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I do frequent that place because you're close by. Uh, yeah, it's it, yeah. it's around, and, and they're great guys. I like the environment there. It's it's fun, and you know they're cranking out good beers. Um, but it's it, it is fun to me because a lot of times, I mean, I see other people in the community there. I mean, well, and you got, you know, you got Colby and Chad are always there. And then, um, you know, it, it's, it's always a random smattering of there's somebody else that you know. And then we just start chatting beer. Sometimes it turns into funny war stories that, of things <laughs> that you maybe don't want everybody to hear that now you've done right. in the brewery. And sometimes it's about stuff you're doing. Like, and, and, you know, one thing I love about those guys is, and, you know, I, I'm an open book, too, like, you know, you, people, I, I will tell you exactly what's in a beer. I, you know, I, I don't have anything to hide. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Like, I'm just, 
you know, I'm, I'm making a beer, combining some ingredients that I think is going to taste good. And you I feel know, like most of us are. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, I think I think a lot of brewers feel that way. It's like, you know, hey, dude, I'll tell you what's in there. And any, in my opinion, I would never take what somebody says and like try to go copy it. That's that's not right. You don't you don't do that. I mean, you might you might take somebody's experience or their uh, maybe the uh, methods, a conversation, maybe? yeah, or, or like, oh hey, I didn't think about uh, doing this or that with those ingredients, and you might turn it into your own thing. But that doesn't mean you're stealing. I mean, we're, no, it's, we're, it's, it's helping. I yeah, think. it's, it's, it's a, a, it, assisting in making your product better. Yeah, well, and and I think it makes everybody's product better. Yeah, and that's right. And 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 I've always said people ask me all the time, like. Oh, you know, you go on the fish, or are they your competition? I'm like, no. Really? Oh, no, they're shit. not my competition. They're one, they're my friends. And two, like, we all kind of do different things, man. Yeah, we I'm, all make beer, but everybody has their own little style and they put their own spin on things. Like, right. I want to taste what they're doing. I want to taste what, you know, what Strap Tank's bringing here. And I want people to taste my beer, too. Like, yeah. Beer drinkers, I, I've always said this, like, beer drinkers are funny people where they want to taste all the new beer. Yeah, it's true. Because someone asked me the other day, Oh, if there's a brewery that happened in Utah County, would that would that be competition? I'm like, no, bring it, let's go. No. Like, let's, I invite them. Let's do a collaboration. In fact, right no, now, I mean, and and, and I, I, there's probably numbers on this, but I mean, when you have like more breweries in a in a close area, they all get more business. You know, ah, like, it's all Salt Lake, man. Salt Lake's blowing up. Like yeah, that. I mean, I, if I can park in one spot and hit three breweries, hey. Fucking great. Because I, I think if I could park at Fisher, I can go to TF, Keto, yeah. Scion, yeah. Cider Bar, and then Proper. Yeah. And now Boom. if you wanted to get a pizza or something, you go to Slackwater, and they have a bunch of different oh, beers. Oh, that's right. Slackwater's right there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they oh, don't yeah. brew beer, but, you know, they sell they, a lot they of They have beers. all our beer there. Yeah. They have all beers there. And oh, so, yeah. like, you, you, could, you could make a whole, you could make a weekend out of that, honestly, if you want to sleep in your car. So, what's, uh, what's some goals and some... Uh, some things you want to have, have happen here at Desert Edge now that you are running the show here at Desert Edge. You've been here for over a year. Again, happy anniversary. Mm-hmm. But what's some things you, some goals and dreams you want have done here at Desert Edge? Um, I had a, a fun uh, wild beer program going on at, at Roja for a little while. Oh, and shit. I think they've continued it just a little bit, but, uh, which is great because, you know, uh, I mean, it's theirs. But uh, I would like to do some more, like, wild experiments here. I mean, it would be super small batch, um, you know, get, get some funky stuff going on. And um, that would be fun. Um, I, have, I, I have a Sauron right now. I've ha- I have had um, a Sauron since, like, kind of mid to late summer. Okay. Um, you know. They pretty popular over here in this area? Uh, you know, with, with, with this crowd, uh, it it depends. Yeah. Um, What's your number one seller here? Because you got a you got a family friendly. You're like kind of like Strap Tank, where you're a, yeah. a restaurant first, not a tap room. So yes. what's your crowd? How do you play to that? Well, because um, I have two locations I can I can fuck with. I have Springville, which drinks way different. And I got the tech people in Lehigh. Again, yeah. Way well, different. here so we have a sister you... restaurant too, Stella Grill. Oh, gotcha. um, I didn't know that. And uh, yeah, they they go through more UPA and Hefeweizen than anything down there. Um, but uh, yeah, well, yeah, the the, the pub owns uh, the pub company own uh, well, they used to own a few different restaurants, but Stella Grill's the one that's still here right now. Um, but here, honestly, like in house, it's the Mexican lager that that actually ends up selling uh, outselling almost anything else. That's cool. 
and it, that's your recipe, right? It, it, yeah, it is. Which which is kind of weird. Congrats. No, why is it weird? That, I know, it's I a mean, full circle. It makes yeah, sense. No, it's man. not weird. It's, I mean, I don't mean weird in the way that like it, it, it shouldn't sell, but it was just it was kind of funny because like uh, for years the uh, Happy Valley Hefeweizen has been the the, the top OG, seller out of here. Yeah. yeah, because I mean it's been made forever and people know that and pictures and pictures of that shit go out. Um, and then you know in the mid to late summer I was just like well for, for me it was like I kinda want, I just wanted to make a Mexican lager but also out of necessity because I mean I don't make a ton of lagers here or at least I didn't I'm starting to do more because I gotta keep my lager yeast alive you know like, I'm totally I, okay with my, this dude like, like every every two months making a match of Pilsner it's hard to store yeast for that long and have it be happy yeah you know so I was like what other lagers can I do so actually last uh Last winter, I put it on in like February or something like that. I made an Irish red lager. Ooh. And so, well, and it, this is funny because within, on the same day, actually, I was hit, sitting here eating lunch and one of the servers said, oh man, you know, I just really love Killian's, you know, Killian's the Irish red. red. Yeah. The Irish red. And I was like, you know, funny thing is, like, I'm pretty sure that was lager. Because I'm pretty sure it was. Um, it was Coors product. It was basically Coors with probably cinema or something like that but uh, but anyway um uh i was like you know that's that's technically a lager and she's like really and then i i go home and i'm having dinner and my partner she's like you know i i haven't seen killians in the store forever i'm like hold on two people in one day unprompted have mentioned killians irish red to me i was like you know what i'm gonna make one and it's gonna be better uh, yes, and so Matt. I did. I made an yes. Irish red lager. It was hell yeah. It was a very popular beer, but that was that was what sent me down the road of like, oh holy shit, I'm just gonna make all these different lagers. That's cool, man. Keep my lager yeast going. Yeah. But the La Playa was uh, one of the those. Playa. La, the, <laughs> the Playa. Sorry, sorry. The the Playa. I don't I don't speak Spanish. Um, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it, it, I, I just made it as like a filler, honestly. Gotcha. I was like, it's summer beer, you know, whatever, patio, cool. Because we have, we have stuck, patio man. out here when it's hot, like get, get, get a Mexican lager. Be fun to make. Um, and then it sold like crazy. And then I was like, oh, shit, I'm behind the ball. And uh, I had to make another batch and now make another batch. And now, now, now it's becoming like our fifth staple beer almost. Oh, Nice. I am okay with this. I approve I, well, this Well, I'm fine with it, too, because... Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, uh, the playa is a staple beer <laughs> yeah, here at I Desert Edge. No, 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 don't buy that much. Um, now, I, I think it's great. Uh, it, it's fun. It's fun beer to make because, you know, it's, it's one of those things like... I, I don't know. For me, it makes... It actually... And this is going to sound silly. It makes me work harder on the brew deck because I have to add a bunch of flake corn to the mash and... Um, I don't have a mash rake. Ah, so you got to... Uh, I am the mash rake. <laughs> throw it in there. Yeah, and I got to... So gotta according to Julia Schuler in Springville, Utah, you're an actual brewer. A real uh, brewer. I, I mean, I, I think anybody that uh, that mashes in and makes beer, no matter how many buttons you push, is still a brewer. But, <gasps> I mean, 
I, but uh, the OGs like you and Jason Stock, I mean, you guys are fucking, you don't have no paddles, no nah, brakes. dude, I, I, got doing, a, I got a big hoe got the, that yeah. I stir that thing Jason with. Stock has a, has a legit oar. He still does it from. Yeah, yeah. Julia has an oar, too. She has well, a paddle. We, we, we have what's a... Real uh, brewers, with What's lovingly called Thor's Mash Paddle in there, See? and I'll, I'll show it to so you. But that thing is made brewer. out of stainless steel. And I can't, I, I don't think I can lift it with one arm. <laughs> like, I don't know who designed <laughs> that thing, but nobody's using that to make beer, dude. That I think that was more of a... I can't wait to see this, that more of a fuck you that I think AAA sent with the brew house. They were just like, yeah, good luck, guys. Um, but now I use I use a hoe and I have to, you know, while I'm mashing, I sprinkle it on and stir it in, sprinkle it on. That's why it's in. so good. But it's pain in the ass. But yeah. I but I love it. But again, that's why I love it because, you know, more uh, heart and soul, blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, that beer. You know. Yeah. I I I, I never sweat. In the beer. Oh, sorry. Never. Just blood and tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also makes the best lubricant, but, you know. <laughs> so, Matt, I, I like what you're doing here. Uh, what's something that the community can do to help boost up and shout Desert Edge from the rooftops? How, how can we make Desert Edge as the, the beer aspect? I get it's the, it's the um, what do you call it, the restaurant first, but how can we make the beer aspect of it better and go first? Um, well, I mean, that... <sighs> That, that's a tough one because, honestly, uh, the fact that we get saddled with having to be, and this is going to get into, like, legalese type stuff, like, you know, but that we all deal with, honestly, like, and people are concerned about. But um, for me, it's like we, you're not able to just come in here if you're 21 and over and sit down and have a couple of beers at the bar and say thank you and leave. I think, uh, you know, we shouldn't, have to, we shouldn't have to have it that way. Um, so that would, I mean, I mean, maybe you're, I'm answering the wrong question, but I mean, that's part of the answer. Um, the the other thing is, um, I don't know, bring your family down, (laughs) you know, you know, check it out. Come see Desert Edge. Yeah. I mean, we've been here for a long time. We're still here. Like, um, I mean, uh, it, it's, uh, I mean, Trolley Square is, uh, an interesting mall, I would say, but, uh, I mean, there's a. Uh, I mean, we're here. There's good food and good beer. Yeah, Matt, I like what you're doing here. I think this is a sweet spot. Um, can't wait to see more. Can't wait to see what you're doing. I'm excited to see it, brother. If there's anything you need, reach out to any of us, man. I know you won't hesitate, but oh, I, yeah, and well, I mean, I mean and even in the far off land of Utah County, reach I, out, man. Yeah, I think everybody knows. Like, you know, I, I've done it before. I, hey, I need a bag of chocolate mold. And you ask somebody, and somebody's got one. Or know someone that has some. Yeah. yeah you do it. Yeah, I know that. I appreciate that. Is there anything I can do as a platform, as a brewer, or as a friend to help you out, brother? Yeah, just drink the beer, and hopefully you like it. I'll let you, you know, know if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do. And that's, that's a cardinal rule of mine. Like, you know, it doesn't hurt my feelings if you don't like my beer. It's tough, because you don't want to offend your friends or upset them. No. But sometimes like, hey, See, the thing there's, is, there's ways around, like, hey, what's, what's here? Like, what's this? You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I, I'm learning that. As, you know, as somebody that knows beer, and, you know, I, I tell other people this, too. Like, especially with people that know beer, like, it, if you're tasting something funny tell me as soon Say as you something. can because yeah. honestly uh, you know I, I i have 10 beers on draft like i don't drink all of them you all know? the time every no, day no yeah, i don't I and so like if something's not right like i would love to hear it from somebody that's like hey dude not not in a like a dickhead way like oh your beer sucks it's not that way like especially coming from a colleague or a professional like 
hey man, I, I just thought I thought I got a little of this, like, you know, be like, oh shit, yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, you know, I always, and even with people that don't know how to taste professionally, whatever, quote right. unquote, um, I always tell them like, hey, if you don't like the beer, that's fine. Doesn't hurt my feelings. I would just like to know why you don't like it. It's not your style. Is it? You know, this hop was too aggressive. Is is it too malty? Like, I, I just like to know because that you know, you know, I, I like to make the beers that I like. Helps you as a chef to kind of. Well, yeah, but I also I'm also in the in the position to make beers that people drink. Yeah. You know, like I, I understand you can't please everybody, but um, you know, I I, I like feedback mm. because it helps me learn and it helps me grow as a brewer. Yeah, you're yeah. right. And I think that's for all of us, all of us brewers, yeah. all of us uh, fermentation people. We like feedback, even if the coffee's not that good, or the kombucha, the sake, or you know, I mean, the tea, it, it, anything. You know, yeah. it's just like I, I, I honestly see a lot of us as as kind of a collective in a way. Like I know we all make our livings from people to pay our different checks or whatever, blah blah blah. But it's like you know, we're all in it to make a taste beverage, and yeah. we all want to do the best we can. And I want the best for all of my friends in it's the true. community yeah, and we're like, a family we really are yeah for sure but matt thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy day to sit down with me and hang out and share some beverages with me i oh, appreciate yeah. that of course Delicious. um i'll never forget the playa it's one of my favorites right now <laughs> and well, <laughs> you can get it here uh, yeah uh, <laughs> That's, well actually we have some cans to go because we we do can yes. a small amount of our five percent here i'm taking it yeah Ooh. we I, I think there are some back there if they're not have um, a chair boom yeah but Matt, thank you so much. If there's anything you need, reach out to me. All oh, right. Of course. Always and on that note, my brother, until the next beverage, my friend. All right, dude. Cheers, homie. Cheers. This has been another episode of The Tastemasters. Find us on Instagram at the underscore Tastemasters, Twitter at The Tastemasters, or on Facebook as The Tastemasters. Like, share, subscribe, DM us for any questions, or leave a review. Tell your friends, and thanks for listening. Produced and recorded at Fuse Audio. Give them a follow at Fuse underscore audio.